This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello, it's Monday the 12th of June. I'm Miranda Sawyer and my chips are getting cold. Thanks for joining us on our excellent and Apple chart-busting brand new podcast, Paper Cuts. On Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, we'll be karate chopping through an enormous pile of papers to find the best headlines, the bravest scoops, the silliest columns and the weirdest trends. We'll celebrate the greatest things about the UK press and pull apart the worst. And we'll explain what's actually going on behind the news so you can impress your friends. Subscribe on your favourite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. Here are the headlines for today's show. Why Bojo had to go-go, details of peerages meeting between Sunak and Johnson emerge, SMP, MP, meets PC over money, Nicola Sturgeon arrested over SMP money charges, and in pictures everywhere, City's Champions League Cup is full of tomato soup. Several pictures show Grealish and Haaland clutching a shiny cup that appears to be brimful of Heinz's favourite orange comfort food. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, the show that understands the ins and outs of the headlines and the deadlines and explains it all so you feel clever. I'm Miranda Sawyer and here to screech at the sub-eds with me today is journalist, author and writer for the New Statesman, John Elledge. Hello, John. Hello, how are you doing? I'm all right, yes. Also with us, we have virologist and forensic scientist turned comedian, not many people can say that, <laughs> Ria Lena. Hi, Hello. Ria. Hello. <laughs> right, OK, so front pages... Key headlines. Let's have a look. John, what have you got? You have a, a kind of, there's a theme, isn't there, to many of the, uh, of the front pages? There is. So the sun has gone with Nick Nicked, Cops Probe SMP Funds. Does sound a little bit like Jim Davison. For those of a certain age, he used to have a catchphrase called, it went Nick Nicked. So that's <laughs> a kind of ancient sun reference, I have to say. I don't think the younger readers will get it. But what younger readers of the sun? Yeah, I think that's the point. Uh, the Scottish press is very much, uh, there's a bit of a theme. The National has gone with, I know beyond doubt that I'm innocent. That's all in quote marks. Daily Record has gone with Sturgeon, I am innocent. Uh, and the Scotsman has gone with Sturgeon, I'm innocent, but with a lovely sort of black banner like the Queen has died all over again. <laughs> lovely. And Ria, what have you got? Right, I've got The Guardian, and the biggest story on the front of The Guardian is senior Tories tell Johnson to shut up and go away. I'm sure they enjoyed that one. The Daily <laughs> Mail, though, in contrast, is attacking Labour, Suella, colon, Kier's in pocket of the eco-mob, capital letters, big and bright. And then The Daily Star is another king in a car park. So apparently uh, we keep burying our kings under tarmac and someone's going around uh, finding finding them. <laughs> That's their job. They're literally <laughs> finding other kings in car parks. OK, let's have a look at that Sturgeon story. John, what is this about? What's happened? OK, so Sturgeon is obviously the former First Minister of Scotland. She volunteered to go 
to the police station where she was arrested and questioned for seven hours regarding allegations of financial misconduct in the party. Uh, she was obviously leader to, from 2014 till, till earlier this year and First Minister of Scotland. She's, she's been a figure on the scene since, uh, since 1999. Uh, and my favourite aspect of this is she's the third senior figure in the SNP to have been arrested as part of Operation Branch Form. Terrible name. Branch Terrible form. name. Our Operation Branch Form. I mean, you literally, that sounds like a kind of, like some kind of drawing assignment. Can you draw trees? How's your form of branches? I mean, I somewhere there is clearly just a database of, 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 of random abstract nouns you can attach to these <laughs> things. They learn nothing from Marvel. I am Groot. It's punchy. It's short. It says branch form. <laughs> So this is essentially an allegations that more than £600,000 in donations for the independence campaign was spent in the wrong places. I mean, it's significant because one of the other people that have been uh, arrested was, in fact... It was her husband, Peter Murrell, (laughs) who just happened to be the former chief executive of the SNP, a fact that in itself kind of raises a few questions, I think. Um, but he was arrested at their home in early April. Uh, that was not voluntary. Uh, a couple Wait, of weeks. Sorry. So, so you're saying she was vol- she voluntarily agreed to be arrested? Yes. This you're going to get arrested at some point. Yeah. You agree timing. In terms of the timing of her arrest, I mean, she could have chosen any day of the week. She chose a Sunday. Why might she have done that? It's harder for the papers to cover it because they have fewer they have <gasps> fewer of their regular staff in on a Sunday. And she for the chose Monday this issues. Sunday because of all the Boris stuff. And she went, maybe they won't notice. <laughs> They'll notice in Scotland. (laughs) I just love the way there are are so many different conspiracy theories that could potentially come from this. It's brilliant, the timing of this story. The the main detail about this story I do really love is the fact that they've also arrested a luxury motorhome, which happened to be kept at... um, at, uh, Uh, Murrell's mother's house in Dunfermline. Yes. Which is the most... This is how you know it's a British scandal. There's no kind of... like It's not millions on private jets. It's a couple of hundred grand relating to a motorhome in Dunfermline. (laughs) Exactly. And they're they're still questioning the motorhome. The motorhome has not been released. So um, it seems fair enough that the Scottish newspapers are going mad about this. You know, this, she was a very important leader in Scotland. What are the kind of English papers angles? Because some people have, le- some of the papers have led with it, and, and others just really haven't. So the Sun has gone has gone big with it. Um, I don't know why they've decided to focus on that rather than the other big political news of the weekend. There's a mystery for the ages. Yes, I wonder what that could be. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps uh, we'll be discussing it later. Uh, the Mail has it has it at the top. It has uh, an, a headline from an Eddie Barnes column. As Nicola Sturgeon is arrested, Scotland's turmoil makes a banana republic look boring. Again, no reference to what's going on with Boris on the front of the mail today. So it's like a it's used by the right wing papers in in it's, England. It's hey, look up there. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's a kind of distraction from what's um, what's going on. But and that's they, very much papers on the right. Like I think the interesting thing about um, the mirror is here somewhere. That doesn't mention it on the front page at all. Oh no, it does. It's, it's, there's a tiny, tiny box on the mirror, uh, and then they don't cover it till page seven, yeah. where it just doesn't seem that important to them. Yes, exactly. But I think it's interesting that obviously the Scottish ones have led with all of the innocent. She's innocent. We're innocent. Um, and then everything um, south of the border or the nationals have gone arrested and questioned for seven hours to. Try Try and make it juicier than it really was. Yeah. I'm sure okay. she had water or even tea if she wanted. <laughs> Let's go to the mail. <laughs> Let's have a look at that headline. OK, this is a, a mad headline, isn't it? I'm going to read it out. Suella, Kears in pocket of eco mob. I mean, if you arrived, you really wouldn't know what that meant. Um, what does it mean? What is it about? Well, arrived John? on a small boat. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What is it about? I mean, I think it's mainly about the male not wanting to talk about Boris Johnson today, isn't it? It's 
so so like Suella Braverman uh, is obviously being set up as you know a a standard bearer for the right of the Conservative Party, so she's getting a lot of attention for for frankly not very much. She's also uh, she's become like a one a one name person, hasn't she? So Boris was always Boris. She's now Suella. She's kind of become Beyonce or Madonna, hasn't she? Yeah, and it's I don't Whoa. know if that's because wow. Okay, <laughs> I think for Daily Mail readers, <laughs> just imagine the supergroup. Well, it, well, it's interesting because the picture on the front of the Daily Mail is of. Camilla and it's like the Daily Mail has just gone we need to you know we just need to give people what they feel com- comfortable with we just need to calm them down so we've done a little labor bashing on one side and we've done the royals on the other because Camilla's in um in a, in a lovely blue onesie. Yes, I um, thought that. I really like that onesie, actually. I have to say, Camilla's looking good with her kind of flapping trousers. It looks lovely. Yeah, she, okay. well, she's following the bright colours, but also she's one. She's also one name, isn't she? It's not Queen Camilla. It's literally Camilla. Well, so I've only just noticed in the background of that picture, just randomly, entirely uncommented, it's Judy Dench. Just, <laughs> I just, can't believe they've not put Judy in just there. Just standing there. <laughs> Yep. So we've got Camilla, Judy, and Suella. Okay, oh, this and they're is in our... a car park. <gasps> oh my gosh, it all links together. The news. This, this is our, this is our, this is our kind of supergroup. But let's go back to Suella. Okay, what is this about? What is this story actually about? So, I mean, Suella, Keir's in pocket of the eco-mob. So firstly, Keir's in pocket feels like a callback to the 2015 election when uh, Labour fans will remember that Ed Miliband was famously pictured in the pocket of Alex Salmond uh, to show that, you know, you can't, you shouldn't vote for this guy. You can't trust him because that he's the person who will really be pulling the strings. Uh, this is, this is uh, Suella Braverman trying to suggest that there is a similar problem with Keir Starmer and that he will uh, be in the pocket of the eco-mob and therefore do horrible things to British drivers who, as we all know, are the real heroes in our society. It's interesting, isn't it? Because actually what it's doing is setting out a kind of two-pronged attack on Labour, perhaps, in the f- com- upcoming election. So we've got Suella lovely Suella, who's always associated with stopping migrant boats from crossing the channel, which is a kind of dog whistle area for certain Tory voters. But then it's also attacking Labour's green policy, isn't it? It is. And it's, it's, it's trying to attack the sort of policies. Uh, this, this, will, this will hurt Middle England. It's also trying to portray Starmer as weak, which is what they always do with, with Labour leaders. Uh, until they get into it, like, do you remember Tony Blair as Bambi in the nineties? Yes, exactly. which which feels a bit, which which is a bit harder to remember after all those Middle Eastern countries he got involved with in various violent fashions. I don't remember the bit where Bambi goes off and invades another country without good reason. <laughs> yes, I think was that was that, straight was that to in video. the sequel. Yeah. Oh, okay, right. He was a tough. He was I, a tough. He was a tough Bambi. Oh. I find this whole attack on on Keir and and trying to conflate him with the eco mob quite funny because I think that green policies are becoming more and more popular, especially with the younger electorate. So I, I think. She's, I think it's helping. I don't think I don't think anyone's looking at this going, oh no, oh no, Keir's taking money from people who want to save the planet. Oh, how terrible. Okay, I feel like we should should have a quick mention for the Champions League trophy being full of soup. I mean, it's on it's on every paper. There's a great picture of uh, Jack Grealish. I have to say, still in the same kit that he actually won the match with, which must be whiffy. I mean, he's literally doing the walk of shame, like, but in a football kit. And uh, How dare you? There's so many people willing to whiff that right now. (laughs) (laughs) And Haaland, who very nicely has changed into a different tracksuit. But um, they're holding the Champions League trophy. It does appear to be full of soup, and it has been used in absolutely every paper. It's not full of soup, is it? It's not full of soup. It's... But let them eat soup. I mean, it's just a golden inside of the Champions League. I was trophy. really disappointed by this, though, because I kept he- I kept seeing references to people talking about the soup, and I genuinely thought there was some maybe there was a sponsorship deal. 
maybe this was a relationship between Man City and a, a soup provider of your choice. Um, and discovering it was just a weird photograph was actually one of the greatest disappointments of the weekend. For I me. know it is very sad because it really looks like they're balancing it as well, doesn't it? <laughs> they're being really careful it's on the on massive the Negroni. That's what it is. <laughs> Huge <laughs> Negroni. Okay, so let's have a look at um, the the Daily Star. We love the Daily Star. Another king in a car park. <laughs> it sounds like a little sing-song around the old Joanna, doesn't it? Like, shall we sing another king in the car park, kids? Um, what is it about? Who would like to tell me? Who's uh, got the star? I've got the I've got the star. Let me. Tell you so the author who found Richard III buried under a car park believes that she's found another monarch beneath another car park this time in Reading okay they believe that well they've actually been looking for Reading Abbey and they think it might be underneath the site of the old prison in okay. Reading her name is Philippa Langley um the thing about this story is which that which king is it though that's what well, I well it's it's Henry the first okay so they think that the 12th century ruler Henry the first could be under the tarmac at Reading prison ironically under the K <laughs> nice, nice in, position. In car park, yep. uh, K for King. Richard um, III was under the R, wasn't he? Was that the... Oh, this is amazing. In the fact. star has got the key to all. <laughs> what I love about this story is that it, she hasn't found it through archaeological means. She's found it through her sixth sense. Ah, okay. But this, <laughs> a very star story. <laughs> but this, but like, like this woman, Philippa Langley, this she did successfully locate the body of Richard III through equally unlikely means. She did. Um, and what, what it really reminds me of, do you, do you remember like when, when Lou Begu had a one-hit wonder with Mambo Number no. 5, released the follow-up, which I believe was called Mambo Number no. 6? No. And it just reminds me of like just trying to, it, she's glory hunting, she's trying to repeat her successes. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Over the weekend, there were various quite big headlines about Boris Johnson's resignation. Fair enough, it's a huge story. So, and for example, the people had Boris Albee back, terrifying. Uh, Sunday Express had electoral slaughter, which is fantastic. And The Observer had furious Tories turn against Johnson after bias outburst. The Sunday Telegraph kind of summed it all up with Johnson orchestrates attack on PM over swindle. We need to unpick this, don't we, John? Um, there's an amazing uh, leader that came out on the Mail on Sunday, which kind of described Johnson as being brought down by backroom machinations, by a kangaroo court, by the disloyalty of former colleagues who, in some cases, he felt he helped to lift into power on his coattails, which is a very strange lifting scenario. Um, magical coattails. Magical <laughs> coattails. He lifted them up. Um, but what they were doing is essentially is Boris has gone, we really miss Boris, weren't they? It's a, I mean, it feels like it's a betrayal narrative. What they found really interesting about this mail, mad Mail on Sunday leader, which described Boris as a tiger undone by minuscule nibbling mice. Um, I mean, apart from the fact that, you know, if, if a tiger can be uh, undone by mice, it's clearly not a very good tiger. But that's... <laughs> Um, that's to the point. That's yeah, side of the point. That's, I mean, like one of the things everyone knows about tigers is they're quite big and scary. Um, 
But but the, the repeated references to, to to Margaret Thatcher, they're comparing him to is another, who is obviously you know another Titan Tory leader brought down by ungrateful colleagues who only held their seats because of the majority that she had conjured into being. Um, and I think there accidentally are quite strong parallels there that they're not referring to, in that yeah, both of these guys were removed. By, by by their own colleagues, but it's because they'd looked to the numbers and could see they were going to lose those very seats. This this hasn't happened just because of like you know ingratitude. This has happened because Boris Johnson became incredibly unpopular with the general public because he fucked up. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I thought this happened because he literally broke the law. Why are we forgetting the part where he has been found to have misled Parliament, where he's been found to break, you know, um, that bo- that bothers, lockdown that bothers laws? You, that, bothers, that bothers everyone in this room. I'm not sure that necessarily bothers all of those conservative backbenchers. The thing that bothers them is the polls. Ah, that's interesting. And so the Mail on Sunday, though, is kind of advising in this mad leader, is it is advising kind of calm because they can see that Sunak on one side and Johnson on the other are kind of causing machinations and difficulties within the party. So they're advising some kind of calm. And then they basically say that Johnson should go away for a bit. Let, they use the Roman statesman Cincinnatus, which I have no idea who this is, but apparently one of Johnson's favourites. He went back to a small farm. He was a massive fan of Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> he went back to small, a small farm and after saving the country. And they're kind of saying to Johnson, do that for a bit and then come back to power and Sunak calm everything down. That's what they're, they're hoping for. I mean, Why, because it worked is... for Jeremy Clarkson? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah. But I think this has always been part of Boris Johnson's self-image that, you know, one day the country will turn to him in its moment of greatest need. Because if you think about his political heroes, Churchill did a stint, was thrown out by the electorate, uh, and then won the ne- and then came back a few years later. But also another Roman statesman, Cicero, uh, had one of those kind of, you know, two-act careers in between she was exiled. <laughs> the second act of Cicero's career did end up with um, him getting his head and his hands chopped off and nailed to the wall of the Senate or something. Um, <laughs> but, but I think he's always just kind of had this sense that, that there would be a second act to his career. So I think the male is slightly playing on that and saying, you know, just go and sit quietly for a while and your moment will come which I'm which I'm incredibly happy with not just because this means he might actually do as the Guardian has suggested and shut up and go away yep. um, but but it also it means that there is a very real possibility that he's going to spend the next 10, 15, 20 years sat somewhere completely convinced that one day the country will call him back and just gradually <laughs> getting turning into this kind of like blonde Ted Heath figure which I am so up for Okay so in the Sunday Times also there was an amazing piece which was incredibly deep by Tim Shipman, Harry York and Caroline Wheeler. It's a detailed description of the 45-minute meeting between Rishi Sunak, Boris Johnson and Rishi Sunak's aide who took notes on June the 2nd. And this is about the peerages. Until I read this piece, I didn't quite understand what was going on. It's it's absolutely amazing. So this meeting starts well. Sunak and Johnson start uh, talking about uh, tactics against the Labour. And then it gets a bit difficult because Boris Johnson brings up peerages. He has a long list. He includes Nadine Doris, Alex Sharma, Nigel Adams. They're all working MPs. And the problem is if you appoint a working MP to become a peer. They're not a working MP anymore and you have to have a by-election, which they wanted to avoid. All right. So Sunak doesn't want to talk about this. Johnson says, yes, we do. We have to talk about this. Um, and Sunak said, OK, I'm going to improve the, uh, approve the list put in front of me by the officials. Fine. There's no, it's all completely legal. There's nothing wrong with that. But Johnson comes away from this meeting thinking he was going to sign off Johnson's original list. So what happens in this process? There's a long list, including all the people that we've mentioned. 
gets sent to the House of Lords Appointment Committee and they have a look at it and go, yes, that's OK, that's not OK. Fine. So Johnson tells his MPs it's all good, but it's not. Because what happens, the rules say that you, if you, if you want to become a peer, you've got to tell the committee you're going to resign within six months. But they didn't bother. Nadine Doris didn't tell them they're going to re resign within six months. So they should. It would just be automatically on the list. So when the list comes out, they're not on it. They're really, 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 I think the technical term, pissed off. So essentially, Boris Johnson's what well, has come out of this meeting thinking one thing mm. and Sunak thinks the other. Boris Johnson thinks everything is OK. Rishi Sunak, you know, possibly quite rightly, says the rules are this. It's not OK. Um, where does this story come from, do you think? It's quite detailed, isn't it? There's only yeah. three options. There's only Sunak, his aide, and Johnson in the room. It came from Johnson. I think he, he literally called the Times and went, I'm not happy this is what actually happened. And he told it from his point of view. And obviously, those three have done quite a little good little job of fact-checking and just filling in the rest of it. Because it's, I mean, this is more exciting than succession when you think about it. This whole article covers <laughs> all of the three strands of what's going on with Boris. You've got the honors list, which you've just talked about. You've also got what's happening with the Privileges Committee, who've released a report today, or they're finalizing it today. And then you've also got the... Um, the inquiry that's going on, and so you, that was sort of mentioned at the top front of the Times, the WhatsApps and, and, and the the fight between Sunak and, and Boris as to whether that should be redacted or not. And Boris is like, take them all. Uh, so there was a lot of detail in this article, which was great. Obviously, the Privileges Committee, now that he's quit in his huff, the question up until he quit was... Will they suspend him for more or less than 10 days, i.e. will they spark a, a by-election? And he thought he was pretty safe because the Privileged Committee is mainly made up of, of Tory MPs, even though it's headed by Harriet Harman, who is a Labour MP. Um, now the question is, well, since they probably can't, well, they can't suspend him, he's quit. Will they strip him of his pass? Will he lose parliamentary privilege altogether? So that's the next, that's the next episode. And yeah, that and would really hurt. That would I really, that it's would really insult to injury, hurts. isn't yeah. it? It the, really is. There's another amazing detail in this piece where they, they basically point out that the, the, the Privilege Committee was set up by Boris Johnson, right? And he and he kind of says, oh, yes, but I did it. Well, I wasn't really concentrating. I was away at I was the time. Away. I was in India. <laughs> I, yes, I was in India. It. I didn't really remember. So what this is a story about, essentially, is a kind of fact-based number cruncher, which is Sunak, versus somebody who thinks... I was born to lead. This the rules don't really matter. I'm going to swing through Parliament like the, the, the like the big monkey that I am, the, the big beast that I am, and, and 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 all will be fine. That's the it's the it's the granular detail that's brought him down. Johnson well, thinks that you can always sort it out in the room. Like rules don't really matter. He can avoid them. And Sunak is obviously a guy who has never broken a rule in his life. Um, and what I really like about it is like it's impossible to tell from this story whether like Johnson genuinely misunderstood what Sunak was saying or Sunak knew that Johnson would misunderstand what he was saying because of who he is and let him do that so that he could get him out of the room. It's not really about who's right, although obviously Sunak is right. It is more about sort of competing philosophies of reality and how it works.
What else have we got in the papers? What other fun things have you found, Ria? I found on page nine of the Times, watching your weight, ear-mounted cameras to track diets. They've developed a little camera that you put on your ear that will actually record what you eat because they find that people lie about it when they do surveys and mm. tests and diaries. I That's- don't want people to know what I eat. I know. It's like the awful. It's literally like a devil on your shoulder, isn't it? It's, it's, it's there looking at what you're doing. This is appalling. I don't like that one. You know, when all. you go to the doctor, how many units of alcohol do you drink a week? People always understate. And this is the way that, you know, but take it off at night. Can I just say, don't don't wear this all the time. Yes, it could be. We don't know how much it's recording and how. <laughs> yeah, we don't want everything in your mouth. Yeah. OK. All right, John, what do you have? Uh, there's a lovely story on page seven of the Star about uh, with the headline "Crash Saucer Like a Tardis Inside," which is uh, the latest in uh, these, these repeated revelations from from whistleblowers somewhere in and around the US about about the US having access to to alien technology. Uh, which is there, there was there were some stories a couple of years ago about how like the US government has been trying to discredit reports of UFO sightings, uh, not because it believes in aliens, but because it thought this, these would get in the way of actual important reports about you know Russian spy planes or something. So this is the latest round of this, uh, but it's uh, it, 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 it's someone claiming that the US government uh, pulled out this flying saucer out the ground and they got inside and it was the size of a football stadium. And and time moved differently there. What I really like about this is in the leader column, the Daily Star says uh, they say that this is exactly the sort of technology that could really help solve the housing crisis. (laughs) (laughs) I love the star so much. That's so good. We're coming to the end of today's edition, so brace yourself, sub-editors, as we choose some shining examples of the headline writer's art. What are our headlines of the day? Ria, what do you have? Well, I found this in the star. Actor Michael Fassbender is out of the 24 hours of Le Mans race after crashing his Porsche, and the headline is Michael Fenderbender. Love it. Very good. And John, what about you? Uh, the star, again, has a very sad story about curry houses closing. Uh, which is also above a picture of Liz Hurley hugging her son. Uh, and it's the headline, Popper Gone. Love Ooh. it. That's two headlines. Oh, yeah. Two headlines in one. That's fantastic. Um, mine is in the sun. It's a similar story to the star, rather sadly. So this is about laundrettes vanishing from our high street. And that one is Bubble Trouble. And that's the end of today's Paper Cuts. If you liked it, remember to follow us on your favourite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Paper Cuts Show. The link is in the show notes, where we'll be marvelling at yet more of the funs and puns of Fleet Street. Thanks to Rialina. Where can we hear you next, Ria? Uh, if you go to Rialina.com, all my live dates are there. I'm going on tour starting in September, so it'll be lovely to see you at one of those dates all over the UK. Fantastic. And thanks to John Ellidge. And where can we read you next, John? Uh, I'm a columnist in the New Statesman. I have one of those uh, substacks that all the cool kids are doing these days. Uh, also, my book, Conspiracy, A History of Bollocks Theories and How Not to Fall for Them, co-written with the lovely Tom Phillips, is out in paperback now. Run, run to get it. Okay. I've been Miranda Sawyer and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when Penelope Keith confesses to nearly killing Tom and Jerry. No, not the cartoons, but Paul Eddington and Richard Bryars. Apparently, Penelope Keith cooked a terrible chilli for her good life compadres, which accidentally had arsenic in it. Can't believe they didn't go with chilli con carnage instead, to be honest, <laughs> but there you go. See you next time. <laughs>